What's going on everybody? It's your host Peter here. Just before we begin today, I wanted to note that we had some technical issues with Raj's mic setup as he's out traveling. The sound does get significantly better around the 15 minute mark of the episode, so just bear with us. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy our breakdown of the Western Conference X-Factors. What's going on everybody, and welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host, Peter Tran, and on the line... The baby daddy, the Iceman himself, Josh Cohen. How you doing? Doing well. Basketball is back, and so is Zoe on this podcast. Hey, you gotta get the people what they want, man. That's right. About damn time. The banger in the paint. Joining us from uh, a tunnel, a mountain? I'm not sure where you are. Rajan Walia, how you doing? I'm not even sure if I know where I am exactly, but uh, you know what? I'm alive and well because uh, we have NBA basketball, even if it's the preseason are you are you enjoying watching nba preseason on your west coast timing you're really soaking in these late nights <laughs> yeah like uh i was uh hanging around here and around eight o'clock all the games had ended so i'm like what the hell what am i supposed to do after uh, eight o'clock but uh <laughs> why would you ever complain it? about that that's like that's bliss <laughs> i would love no, that it was like, wow, like there's no sports on after 8 o'clock. All the games ended by like 8.30, I think. That's weird, man. That's yeah. very bizarre. I don't even know what I would do in that situation. That's Nirvana. Imagine not having <laughs> to stay up until 1 o'clock in the morning watching some crappy Sacramento Kings game. Ugh. Josh is being held at hostage watching the Kings. <laughs> <laughs> or any West Coast game in general. Josh is like, man, I paid for League Pass. I can't, I can't waste this penny. I gotta watch every single game that I can. That's right. Watch, watching the Kings versus the Spurs in like mid February. We'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, have fun with that. As you said, we're gonna talk about our Western Conference, not Gatorade X factors, just X factors in general, guys. So again, you know, not the superstars, but you know, those guys that the glue guys, the guys who are gonna have to have a good year for these teams to really accelerate themselves. And uh, why don't we just start off at the top, Raj. We're going to go, uh, same thing as last week, so we're going to go backwards from alphabetical order. And we can start with the number one seed last year, the Utah Jazz. Raj, who do you have? Oof, you know what? This team has a few X-Factors players that are, I would say, glue guys. Um, their whole team is pretty much glue guys, besides Donovan Mitchell uh, and Rudy Gobert. But... Uh, the player that really has to play well and more importantly just stay healthy is uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, when he played well in the playoffs, the Jazz were winning, but uh, that's the key. How dare you get the wrong Bogdanovich? Oh my God. I thought you were a friend of the Balkans. What, what's up? Oh, boy, am, boy, am, boy, am. my bad, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I like both the players, you know what? So one of the Bogdanoviches. <laughs> I think for me, it has to be Mike Conley based on how the roster is constructed right now. I mean, you could be a smart aleck and say Donovan Mitchell because he has another level to go up in order for them to actually become elite. But I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I mean, it has to be Mike Conley. They have to make sure that they preserve him um, throughout the course of the regular season. Put him on ice. Make sure he's ready for the first couple rounds of the playoffs so he doesn't have you know multiple injuries going in like he did last year. So I think that they should play maybe a max of like 50 games this year. Let Donovan Mitchell play point guard a lot of the time when he's out. Get him more reps just on the ball and getting him in better condition as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, they have to take the Milwaukee route and just rest some of these guys throughout the course of the regular season. 
like uh, Milwaukee's done with Chris Middleton and Drew and you know Giannis too. Giannis sat out a few games just for rest purposes over the course of the last two years. They just have to be smart about that and look more so towards the playoffs than you know winning a bunch of games in the regular season. It means nothing. The first seed means nothing for them this year. Yo, Raj, did you peep that? Got to put him on ice. Yes, yes, I see that. <laughs> he's, uh, he's making this a family affair. Uh, but, uh, you know what? I, I, I kind of have to disagree. I obviously think Mike Connolly is a huge piece, but I, I think they need another facilitator. Like, clearly, last year in the playoffs, uh, when Donovan Mitchell um, was being trapped or they're getting the ball out of their hands, they didn't, they weren't able to initiate their offense and get other player open shots. And I think the other player... Besides Mitchell, obviously it's Mike Connolly, but I think Mike Connolly is getting older in age, and um, I think his effectiveness is slowly diminishing. And I think the other player they can look to is Boyan Bogdanovich. You know, it's funny you guys brought up those two. I actually want to talk about Rudy K coming to this team. <laughs> I know it's probably not a popular opinion, and he's going to be one of those guys that's easily forgotten, but. Yo, know, Rudy Gay in the playoffs when this team is only reliant on Donovan Mitchell to create offense. It's going to be huge. Like, if you need a bucket, if you need someone to just get you, like, an easy mid-range jumper, other than DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay is your guy. You know, and on this team, when we, we saw it a lot during the playoffs, right? Like, if if Mitchell wasn't popping, and he really wasn't because his ankle injury, I mean, what else are you going to run? Who else is going to create for you other than Jordan Clarkson? I mean, the guy can't stay hot all year into two years running, so... Yeah, but... Give me Rudy Gay. That's not going to be Rudy Gay's role in this team, right? Like, that's old Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay, at best, the Jazz are hoping that he can be a small ball five in the playoffs, which, you know, is yet to be determined, I think. I don't know if he's going to be able to, you know, carry that type of low when he's playing against the likes of Jokic and... No, no, no. It's it's not like... It's not like they're relying on Rudy Gay to do it, but it's going to be one of those, like timely bucket kind of guys like joe johnson was for the jazz a couple of years ago remember when he just chilled all year and in the playoffs he just went like pure god mode that's what that's what uh, rudy Gay is gonna do but instead of scoring like 20 points he's gonna score like eight but they're gonna be very timely eight points that's my point so he's gonna be the robert ori slash Derek fisher of the team yeah man i love rudy Gay. rudy Gay is a bad mf'er yeah, he's gonna. I think he's gonna be an effective player, but he's not like, uh, in my opinion, the X factor. Like, if he doesn't go, I still think the Jazz can have a good year and maybe make a good playoff run. I think if Bogdanovich doesn't play well, I think it's, that's it. Like they they don't go that far. You know, unpopular opinion, but you know, last year's debacle against the Clippers, not Rudy Gobert's fault. I don't think it was Rudy's fault at all. I think that the Jazz a are too small in the perimeter. And the fact that Rudy Gobert is able to clean up so much of their bad perimeter defense, and then you have a guy like Boyan who just can't play defense <laughs> against quicker guys. And Joe Ingles, who at times is good defensively, but again, slow, might be slower this year as well. Rudy has to cover for a lot of guys in this team, so I think it's a combination of like, A, not enough creativity on the perimeter, and then B, just having a bunch of guys who don't really play very good defense anymore on the perimeter too. Yeah, well, imagine that upgrade then if you're going to put in Rudy Gay instead of someone like Joe Ingles who can't stay with anybody. You don't have the same facilitator, but on the other hand, you have a lengthy defender, right? Yeah, and if they don't figure it out this year, you know, in terms of the lineups in the playoffs and they don't get the right matchups, then I think, uh, 
Rudy Blow it up. might end up being the guy, the fall guy in this. Blow it up. Rudy's a fall guy for a lot of things NBA related. Let's move on to Rudy Gay's former team, the San Antonio Spurs, Josh. Who's your X factor for this team? Uh, I mean, <laughs> this is a tough one because oh, San Antonio it. is probably the second most boring team going into this year behind the Indiana Pacers. They're sort of the Pacers of the West to me. <laughs> so I'm going to go with uh, Derek White because he's shown a lot when he de- when he has played like against that against the Denver Nuggets two years ago in the playoffs. He had a couple of really big games. He sort of looked like Billups out there. That's what he reminds me of a little bit. He's a really good spot-up shooter. Whoa, 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 Seems like whoa, a good leader. Chill. And he's a really good defensive chill. player, too. And he's big for his position as well. I know he's going to be playing a lot of the two this year, but he's been injured a lot of the time. But when he plays, the Spurs are actually pretty <laughs> decent. And he's a really good player, I think. So I think he's the key. He's a good player. I think he's going to have to be important for them to even win like 25 to 35 games. Um, but I, for me, it's like I'm looking a little younger and I look at Sheldon Johnson. Um, this is probably the year where he's going to get a lot more touches with Rudy Gay out of the picture. Uh, they've moved on from DeMar DeRozan. Um, really, for him to establish his position, his role on that team, and if he can end up being one of their guys that they move forward with in terms of their core. So I, I look at him as being their X factor to win 35 games. <laughs> Josh is waving his baby's arms like Kellen Johnson on defense is pretty good, man. He's trying to distract you from your shot rush. And she's doing it well, too. She plays very good defense. Yeah, I can't let that happen. I can't let that happen. You know what? Hand, even if her hand's up, I can shoot over. Hand down, man down. Remember that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to go with a super, super long shot here, but uh, Zach Collins is my guy, guys. Go on. Hey, hey, Peter. Explain Peter, yourself. Peter, it's not April. I, I have nothing. I, I'm, I'm purely kidding. I just wanted to remind you that they signed Zach Collins to a three-year contract. Didn't one of you guys pick a coach yeah. or a GM for one of your team's last podcast? I picked Daryl Morey last week. <laughs> Honestly, like if I was going to go that route and be a douchebag like you did, um, I would definitely choose Greg Popovich in this situation because he's going to nah, determine Becky Hammond. a lot of what happens this year with the Spurs. Is he going to be like a hard ass and just play his more experienced players? Or is he just going to let the young guys roll out and just put the ball out there and say run and score 120 points a game? What experienced players? There are two players yeah. who have played more than five NBA seasons on this team. Can you name them? Uh... Jakob Pertl. Pertl has not Jakob played Pertl. more than five years. Was he at four? He has played exactly five. More, give me more than five. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the, these five. experienced players you speak of don't exist. All right, I'm just saying, like, play uh, the rookies, you know? Like that kid they drafted yeah, this year. Okay. 12th overall, everyone said that they reached for. I had a pretty good first preseason game, too. I think he went, like, eight for nine from the field, and he just didn't pass the ball once. It was great. Primo? Yeah, Primo. Canadian kid, too. Ah. Primo Pasta. So my the veterans on this team are, one, Thaddeus Young. Ah, yes. Remember? Traded for DeMar DeRozan. And two, Doug McDermott. Oh, no. What about uh, Alfarico Mino? He's definitely oh, played five years. Oh, my bad. My bad. There are three guys. 
My fault. My fault. There are three guys with more than five years' experience. My whole point is uh, this team is young as hell. <laughs> okay. And uh, these these old veterans that Josh speaks of are not going to get playing time other than Doug McDermott. Young veterans. Aminu, not going to play. Hmm? Young veteran young talent. Veteran. Thaddeus Young is going to be a Phoenix Sun by the end of the year, by the way. Yeah, Thaddeus, Thaddeus Young should be the X Factor just to see who they trade him yep. for. You know, I'm uh, the San Antonio team is really awful to talk about. I want to move on. Can we talk about the Sacramento Kings, Raj? I know this is one of your favorite teams, near and dear to your heart. I don't think we've gone through like two podcasts back to back where Raj hasn't taken a random shot at the Kings. So, you know, <laughs> I know yeah, you love this you team. Know what? I only have heart uh, love for uh, the Kings because they provide me the TMD, um, you know, the TMD drama that I need in the NBA. But uh, <laughs> for me, it has to be Marvin Bagley um, because this guy was drafted fourth overall uh, by the Sacramento Kings. Um, he's had pretty much three straight years of injuries. Uh, is he really going to be a player that they keep or move forward? Is he going to be an NBA player in three or four years, or is he going to be out of the league? Like that's a that's a serious question that I think a lot of people are asking, just given his injury history. Um, so for me, he has to be the X factor. Now, again, the ceiling for the Kings, <laughs> the ceiling is the playoffs, and realistically, they're probably not going to hit that ceiling. So uh, I could probably go with a guard as well, but I'm just going to go bigger picture. Do they move on from this player? And if they do, can they get anything in return? I don't want to agree with him, even though I do agree. So I'm going to go with Buddy Heald. <laughs> I think that uh, same idea. I mean, Heald is going to be the probably the fourth guard now. I mean, he's got a lot to prove going into this year. They brought him back despite knowing that he was you know, meant to be traded in the offseason. So if he only plays like 20, 25 minutes a game, that could be a maybe not a Ben Simmons situation, but... A pretty toxic one. And, uh, you know, if they get pennies on the dollar for him, it's, I mean, just going to be another Sacramento Kings trade, I guess. So you think Heald is going to be behind Fox, Mitchell, and Halliburton, like, consistently? This guy's going to come off the bench and just be, like, that gunner? Because, I mean, like, I think it was last year that Buddy Heald was, like, the main starter, right? Like, he's had a bunch of game winners for this team. He's, He's easily the best shooter on the team. And we're relegating him to fourth guard. It's kind of. I think Josh was talking about uh, Buddy Yield being the fourth option at the end of the season when Mitchell gets a bit more reps. Uh, I think this team, again, they're going to be in trade talks until Ben Simmons gets traded. But uh, I, I think it probably goes Fox, Halliburton, and Yield is probably the second or two B for now, and uh, Mitchell is clearly the third or fourth option until he gets a bit more experience i disagree who is the king's coach right now luke walton who has problems with luke walton buddy healed when luke walton sees what davion mitchell is able to do especially on the defensive end and all the king's players are talking about playing three guard lineups they're not talking about playing with buddy healed like tyrese halbert has talked about it recently like he's gonna play with fox and uh and Davion Mitchell. They're not talking about Buddy Hill playing power forward. They're not talking about Buddy Hill being on the court at all. Buddy Hill is going to get relegated to the bench, and he's going to be very unhappy this year. Yeah, I don't blame him. I mean, hold on. Are we going to assume that Luke Walton stays coach for the entire year? 
That is the question. I don't think he does. I don't think he makes it through. You know, Vivek's uh, powerful hand will um, come down and pro- probably axe him. But uh, I-, I think overall, though, I-, I think Luke Walton is in a win-now mode and he's going to play the more experienced guy to win games because if they don't win games, he doesn't have the luxury of time to have another big losing season and miss the playoffs. So I think Yield will play more than you think, Josh. Again, I disagree. Sacramento Kings two years ago were the worst defensive team of all time. And you're bringing in maybe one of the best defensive guards to come into the NBA in a long time. He's a potential culture changer. And, you know, if he comes out of the gates and he plays really good defense and changes their mentality, it's going to be hard to keep this guy off the floor. Then I like it, guys. I like it. Let's move on. We're going to go to the Northwest. We're going to go to the Portland Trailblazers to look at this team. And, uh, I mean, this team is pretty much in the same shambles as it was last year, right? We signed Norman Powell, bringing in Larry Nance. And uh, apparently Patrick Patterson is now on the team. So is Ben McLemore and Tony Snell. None of these guys are X-Factors. Norm Powell got paid. I don't know if he's really worthy of an X-Factor title. Robert Covington is there, but I don't think he's good enough. So I'm going to go with Yusuf Nurkic. This guy's always injured. I mean, years like two years ago, he was touted as becoming one of the best big men in the league, right? He's got a lot of talent, but he's always injured or he's always in foul trouble. And with a point guard as dynamic as Damian Lillard, you need a big that just complements him, right? We've seen the Lillard and McCollum combination fail a couple of times in the past already right like other than that one year that they got to the western conference finals they've pretty much been out in the first round every year so i don't know man i i think it's going to be a lot of weight is going to be on Nurkic's shoulders this year to see what he can actually provide for them he's also in a contract year so man, i think he's going to come out guns a blazing this year and hopefully he can stay healthy because without a healthy Nur- without a hel- healthy Nurkic, i don't see you what this Portland team can actually do. Yeah, Peter, you basically took everything I want to say and put it in uh, a nice, elegant way that I could probably never say. But Nurkic, uh, I wouldn't say he has a horrible, like he has a bad injury history. I don't blame it on lack of conditioning. He had a freak injury with his leg and he's kind of had some compounding injuries after that. Uh, this is a big year for uh, for Portland uh, in order to know if Damian Lillard is going to stay in the long term and uh, like you mentioned, is Nurkic their center going forward, or are they going to have to kind of go young again and find a, a replacement player? And if that's the case, I, I can expect Dame to leave. So it's a big year for the Trailblazers. But just to be different, uh, I'm not going to go with Nurkic. I'm going to say, uh, is Larry Nance Jr. kind of that versatile piece that they were looking for? Uh, he's played on a few teams. He's always been impactful when he has played. He's been a great fantasy player for all of us fantasy uh, experts. Um, but I, I think he, he's kind of a jack of all trades. Like he's not the best defensive player or the best person on the glass or a crazy shooter, but I'd say he's good enough in a lot of categories and he gives them a, a lot more versatile versatility in their lineup, versatility uh, in their lineup. So, yeah. So I, I personally think Larry Nance could be their X factor um if this roster stays the same yeah i mean he's pretty much that uh that power forward position that they've 
been looking for for years, right? Like sort of what Collins was supposed to be for them three years ago, and then you know the guy couldn't get off the bench and out of his suit. But it's pretty much yeah. that like that long defender, that really athletic defender to complement Nurkic inside, someone who can go to the perimeter when he needs to, but you know is a primarily a big body. He can rebound really well. He can facilitate a bit, and sort of just you know do what Larry Nance did in in Cleveland, right? Like be the exact kind of player that he was there, and sort of just keep everything going and make it like making it easier for the two guards on the team. And in the most recent GM survey, all the GMs said that Larry Nance going to Portland was the most underrated move of the offseason. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I can, I can see. You know what, Peter? I'm going to change. I'm going to drop Nurkic and say Larry Nance is my X factor. Wow, for this look team. at that, Peter convinced you. I didn't even convince myself when I said all that stuff about Larry Nance, and I love Larry <laughs> Nance. My goodness. Also, low key, Cody Zeller's on this team. I'm just saying. Yeah, this team has a lot. Like, I know these looks that you guys are giving me, but they have a lot of guys on the last years of their contract. Like, listen to this list: Covington, Nurkic, Anthony Simons, Patrick Patterson, Ben McLemore, Tony Snell, Cody Zeller, Quinn Cook, Marquise Chris, Dennis Smith Jr., C.J. Ellaby. All of these guys are in the, in the last year of their contract. And they can't trade any of those players or all of those players for Ben Simmons. <laughs> no, they can trade CJ McCollum and somebody else, though. McCollum and somebody else would be very nice, man. That, that should be the trade to, to happen for Simmons. All right, let's move on. Josh, give me your Phoenix Suns, your NBA, fi- NBA finalist. There you go. It's my bad. Give me, your, give me your X factor for the finalists here. You know, before yesterday, I might have said somebody else, but I think at this point, it has to be DeAndre Aiden. Jay Crowder. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> no, not this time. Not yeah. this time. Maybe for Miami back in the day, but not for Phoenix. Hey. <laughs> but, um, you know, with Phoenix being uh, cheap as usual, not giving him a max contract, even though that might get worked out before the uh, extension deadline. Um, obviously, Aiden was their X factor last year in the playoffs with him playing, you know, way above what people expect him to be. But now he's got to bring it in the regular season, first of all, because they need to get a high seed. They need to have home court advantage going in the playoffs next year because this year's playoffs is going to be a lot harder for them. And, uh, you know, in the playoffs, he's got to show a little bit more. Like, he's got to be able to not create his own shot necessarily, but when he gets the ball, be able to create a move if, you know, Chris Paul isn't at the level that he was last year, for example. Based on his like contract situation alone, that might be enough to elevate him to the main X factor, right? Like, if they don't come to a conclusion between, or a, not conclusion, but a, an agreement between Aiton and the Suns, then who's to say they don't just trade him off before the deadline? You know what I mean? Like, it'd be a wild idea, yeah. but why would you hold on to the guy if you can't come to an agreement? Well, on he's money? still restricted. They can still sign him in the offseason. So they can match. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and then who? What? Like, what would he demand in on a free agent market? That's why this is He's so pointless. Like, money. you're just gonna match another offer which has one year less because Phoenix can offer him one more year because he's yeah you know, has his bird rights, right? But 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 do you need to match an offer because they have Javale McGee now <laughs> and soon to be Thaddeus Young? Hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah that would yeah that would no I. Yeah, I think like Josh mentioned, this is a pointless exercise. There, It's kind of like the exercise that happened with John Collins. It's very similar in that respect where um, he wanted and 
believed he was max money. The team was hesitant. They're probably going to have another good year and they're going to feel a lot better about his development. And I think they want him to keep working towards that and whatever offer comes out, they're going to end up matching it. Um, But uh, just like uh, a broken clock that's right twice a day, I'm going to have to agree with Josh and say that my X factor for this Phoenix Suns team, which I think overperformed last year, but good on them, will be DeAndre Aiden. Oh, that's cute. Uh, Let's move on, I guess. Uh, I mean, this OKC team is literally filled with young guys. Josh, you want to talk about a bunch of young players. Now, this is the team that you should have talked about. Who who can you give me here that's uh, your X factor on this OKC team? For me, there's two players. Um, it would be Lou Dort, first of all, because he's a guy that a lot of contending teams should be looking at trading for. Because he's a guy that can play 30-plus minutes on a contending team and be one of the best defensive players in the NBA. And he was actually able to make shots last year, too, which is sort of surprising based on how slow his shot is. But apparently he slimmed down the offseason, too, and he's still really young. So he's a piece that they could get a lot for if they decide to go the usual route that OKC has gone the last three years and just trade all their players for draft picks. Um, <laughs> but the guy I'm going to pick is a guy with my first name, and that's Josh Giddy. Um, you know, he was their first wow. pick, you know, this year, number six in the draft, I believe. A big surprise to a lot of uh, the draft Knicks out there. And he's, mm-hmm. you know, 19 years old. He's pretty big for his size. He's six foot seven. Sort of reminds me of Gordon Hayward a little bit. Um, not only with the hair, but the game as well. Because he's a white guy. It's cool. Yeah, Australian <laughs> white dude. He's pretty smooth, though. Like, his shot is pretty disgusting, honestly. But he gets to the basket, and uh, he's exciting. <laughs> like, he's a good passer, too. And they're not going to be looking to win this year, so he's been playing a lot of minutes this year. And he's one of the guys they're going to rely on going forward as part of the young core. You think he's more of a factor than Pokushevsky is? Oh, yeah. Poku? Poku, who can do anything he wants on the floor? Poku? Poku is a legend in internet lore, but in terms of actually playing on the court, yeah. I think Raj is actually bigger than him. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a big boy here, but uh, not in height, <laughs> but in weight. You would, um, you'd punish him in the paint. <laughs> I think, Josh, you would have a post-up game against him in the paint. Probably. I got a nice post-up yeah. game. Um, but, uh, but for this team, I, I, again, I agree with Dort. I think he's going to be a key player for them. So I'm going to kind of avoid picking him as their X factor. I'm going to go with Darius Baisley just because last year was supposed to be his breakout year. Um, and I, I think he just didn't hit a stride. Um, Horford was in the mix there and he played a few games and probably was more effective. And again, there's so limited options besides Shea and Dort that, basically this team is asking for a few young players to step up to increase their value so they can trade their ass. And uh, we'll see if Baisley's one of those players. Yeah, shout out to everyone who drafted uh, Darius Baisley in their fantasy draft last year and it turned out to be a big bust. Yeah, was, fuck you, Josh. <laughs> hey, he was good in the early part of the year. He's putting up double-doubles. And at the very yeah, end like of the year. Three games. Yeah, he had a, an excellent beginning and end of the year in fantasy. Just nothing in the other, you know, 60 games. But aside from that, he was solid. So he's the bread to the sandwich. There's no meat. <laughs> All right. There are two players on this team that are over 27 years old. Can you name them? Uh, Mike Muscala. Nice. 
who apparently just loves OKC. I think this is a second stint there, right? <laughs> There's Who's a lot the other of Moose one? In, in OKC, I guess. <laughs> He's the only one. Who's the other over 27-year-old player on this team? No idea. Nothing, eh? This guy went from the number one seed last year, and you guys are forgetting him? Let me do you a favor. Oh, Derek Favors. Oh, yeah. Derek Favors. Thank you. I forgot he was in the league. Like I thought yeah. he didn't get signed. I remember he got traded there, and I thought they cut him. <laughs> I, well, I'm sure they'll cut him like halfway through the year or something, or trade his ass out for or trade like, him. a second-round pick, because that's all yeah. that OKC really cares about. Ugh, what a weird-ass team. Let's move on. And talk about this other weird team. Raj, who do you have as your X-Factor for the New Orleans Pelicans, who you know, can't seem to do anything right behind Zion Williamson? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go again, just sticking with the young guys. I'm going to have to go with Nikhil Walker-Alexander because last year he was finally getting some minutes, um, even when Lonzo was in the picture. Now they got rid of Lonzo. Obviously, they have uh, Devontae Graham and and they're going to see how he fits into the picture and they still have Josh Hart, but I can really see um, them going young and giving Alexander Walker a good shot and uh, see if he has a chance to make a splash in the league. But in terms of overall for this team's success, I don't think this team's going to have a lot of success. So I'm not going to really expand beyond that. I'll let Josh entertain those ideas. <laughs> I like how you turned his name from Nah to NWA. That's pretty cool. He called him Nikhil Walker Alexander. I like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> NWA is better than Nah. I was going to say Nah as well. So I'm definitely going to go with him. Like, he's going to get the starting spot over Devontae, I think. I think he's just better. He's bigger. He's better defensively. And he might be a better shooter than him, than uh, Devontae Graham as well. And I think it's ultimately going to be determined in preseason as to who's going to start. I think the starting spot is up for grabs. And he played really well at Zion uh, later in the season because, like Lonzo, when he was out, um, he's a good spot-up guy. He works well off Zion. Zion can handle the ball a lot more often with him on the court. And he's just not a complete liability out there like DeMonte Graham would be as a starting point guard for your team. Now, my question is, do you play Jonas Valanciunas along with uh, Zion Williamson? Is that going to be Don't a thing? Don't you have to when you start them at least? I think they're not going to play a lot together, but they're going to start the first and third quarters, and then maybe one of them comes out after the six-minute mark. Yeah. Or do you just run point Zion all year? I mean, you got to preserve his body. I mean, he already looks so fat. I mean, (laughs) have you seen that commercial that he's in? The I think it's the Mountain Dew commercial. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> what are you drinking Mountain no, Dew? That's what I'm saying. If you've seen him in that commercial, obviously, like the product placement is not great with him drinking a lot of Mountain Dew or whatever it was. <laughs> but he's on the couch. He looks like he's like 400 pounds. Man, that's like it's like when Barkley was at his fattest and representing Taco Bell. You know, it's just not a good look. You got to know your I, audience. I mean, he did have foot surgery in the off season, so there is an excuse built in there. But at the same time. You know, obviously he came in Alaska having another issue with, uh, I think it was his knee, and uh, coming into shape, uh, coming into camp out of shape and playing 16 minutes at a time and not getting along with his training staff because they had a cap of minutes on him. So the same thing might happen going into this year too, and it's just not a good start so far to the year for the for the Pelicans. Also, also having foot surgery and no one knowing about it is just crazy. 
Or like I guess a few people in the in the Pelicans organization knew, but that was weird. That came out on media day, and it was just like, what the hell just happened here? Yeah, but, like, uh... yeah, yeah. It's, su- it's suspicious. That's all I can really say. Can we move on to the awful, awful Minnesota Timberwolves who, at the end of our last podcast, fired Gerson Rosas? Uh, what's the guy's name now? Who who invented the ESPN trade machine? Who's the interim GM? Do we Sachin remember? Sachin Gupta. Sachin. Gupta. There you go. Uh, I mean, this Minnesota team is just all over the place, Josh. Like, you, you're a big cat guy. How did you feel when he just exploded during media day and, you know, put out everything that happened during his time there? Were you like, yeah, that's right, cat. You tell them haters. I think he was trying to directly speak to Kyrie and Michael Porter Jr. and Jonathan Isaac, you know, telling them <laughs> to get the vaccine without directly saying it. But, and, uh, and former teammate Andrew Wiggins, who has since gotten the vaccine, but former teammate one is of them hilarious. He spoke one of them into it, I guess. But yeah, somebody um, talked him into it. The fact that he lost 50 pounds in two weeks is something. Wow. I mean, that was... How do you lose 50 pounds in two weeks? That's crazy. Uh, Raj, any, any advice here for for our people? Uh, you probably... Uh... I, I can't really think of a good explanation, but you probably did something really fucked up to gain all that weight in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fact that he played through it afterwards, too, that's tough, man. Oh I mean, I lost God. like 10 pounds after food poisoning, and I felt like death. Imagine losing 50. <laughs> Oof. All right, who's your X-Factor, Josh? <laughs> uh, X-Factor, I mean, it would probably have to be D'Angelo Russell because, honestly... He hasn't played a lot the last two years, and they haven't played a lot with him and Cat so far in the last two years. We really don't know what Minnesota's going to look like once him, Cat, and Edwards actually all play together. Um, and, you know, if he plays, they should be decent at least. And they need a guy that can score the basketball on the perimeter and set up guys as well. Like, Edwards is not quite there yet as a playmaker, so Russell's going to have a lot of responsibility. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the uh, the player that you mentioned, Edwards, and his lack of playmaking activity. I think overall he's the real deal. I think that he's going to be uh, a bigger piece for them and more vital to their success going forward. I think at the end of the year, he was actually having solid contributions for this team. Obviously, he was getting the ball a lot because Kat and Russell were kind of not consistently in the lineup. Um, but uh, again, I think Edwards' game... Um, is very versatile. He can play um, with and without the ball. And I, I think personally, like he's probably going to be one of the best rookies of this draft. Obviously, he was the first overall pick, but uh, I, I like him. And I think he's going to have a good year. And I think Minnesota's probably going to be pushing for one of those playoff spots. Wow, pushing for a playoff spot. P- pushing for a play-in game position, right? One of those things, sure. Yeah, there you go. Um, can I ask you guys, who's more of a generic white guy in the NBA, Jake Lehman or Zach Collins? Uh, probably Jake, because he's been in the league longer, and he's got nicer hair, I think. Than Zach yeah. Collins? Yeah. yeah. He's definitely got oh, more facial hair. J- Jake Lehman has more of the body type of uh, the classic white guy getting into the league. They're not as uh, lanky and such. They're mm. a bit more like Still tall, but a little more meat on them and some yeah. average athletic ability. <laughs> I like that. 
Uh, Raj, why don't you talk to us about your grit and grind Memphis Grizzlies? Who do you have as your X factor here? Josh's favorite player, Dylan Brooks, of course. Um, <laughs> you know what? Josh actually did warm up to him uh, in the playoffs. Uh, and, you know, I think for Dylan Brooks, he's taken some strides every year and he's played pretty good on uh, the defensive side of the ball last year. And if he continues that, uh, we all expect John Morant to continue to improve his game. Um, I, I think maybe an argument could be made for Jaron Jackson Jr., but uh, I'm going to go with the Dylan Brooks. You are 1,000% wrong, and you just said the name that is 100% the X factor of their team. Like this, The X factor is Jaron Jackson Jr. There is nobody else because Memphis was you know pretty good without him throughout the course of the regular season last year, and they still made the playoffs with him playing, what, two-fifths of the games, maybe? So if he most. actually plays in all the games and then John Moran takes another step up, you might see this team get into the fourth or fifth seed, potentially. Whereas Dylan Brooks isn't going to take that much of a leap, if anything. Like The way that the Jazz were playing him was the exact way that he wants to play offensively. Like He was taking a lot of his little pull-up jumpers, and he hit them at an insane clip in the playoffs. So I don't think that's really going to change. Like his game is not going to improve that much based on, you know, off-season work. He is what he is. But Jaron Jackson Jr., if he's actually able to play and then also play center a lot of the time and not get destroyed, then Memphis could be a lot better than people think this year. Yeah, Dylan Brooks is pretty much is like he is who he is. You're right. I Yeah, I don't I don't see that at all. But Jaron Jackson's a good call. He barely played last year and, like, honestly was forgotten halfway through the year, right? Like, whenever you talked about Memphis, it was always just Ja and Dylan Brooks, Ja and Jonas Valanciunas last year. Jaron Jackson was, like, way in the back burner. Like, nobody remembered him. And it's a shame because the guy's, like, super long. He's really athletic, or was athletic at least. I'm sure he still is. Can shoot, like, surprisingly well. Good defender. He's lengthy. I mean, as a as a running mate for Ja, I mean, like those two should go hand in hand so well together. This particular podcast was made for Jaron Jackson Jr. because he's one of the guys that can ultimately decide which way the scale turns for Memphis. You know, they could just be another forty win team, or even less than that, if he continues to sit out so many games. And like you said, he seems like the most, maybe not the most, but um, in terms of fit. He seems like he'd be absolutely perfect with Ja. The idea of Jaron Jackson is great, but that's only in theory. He's got to prove it this year. Yeah. yeah the only reason I, I didn't go with Jaron Jackson is I think Brandon Clark will have a bigger and bigger role in this team, especially with JV out of the picture. Um, I just think that Dylan Brooks, like, there is no replacement for him the way the team is constructed. Um, and they need someone to put up. 15 to 20 points a game and that's going to be dylan brooks um i i think if jaron jackson may get injured again i think brandon clark could fit in that role and do well let's take our talents to the bright lights of la guys because when you're talking about the lakers you're talking about a team with you know russell westbrook lebron james anthony davis they brought in carmelo anthony dwight howard jandre jordan the star power here is insane but which of these random dudes is going to be my X Factor? And uh, I'm taking a really random with this. I'm going with Malik Monk. Just oh, wow. because, just listen, listen, listen. 
he's going to be one of the few guys that has legs at the end of the year. And I think he's going to get a lot of run. And let's be honest, half of this roster is going to be having their early bird dinners at Denny's, man. I don't trust That's, it. Uh... I don't trust these old guys. I'm out. I don't like honestly. I don't know who to pick on this team. That's why I said Malik Monk. But I mean, the obvious. I think the obvious choice is Westbrook to see like how he goes with LeBron, and you know whether he lets LeBron handle the rock, whether uh, Westbrook ends up, you know, handling the offense a lot more, and LeBron becomes a shooter in the wings or in the corner. Like a lot of variables to go with Westbrook. So I think he should be the X factor. But eh, low key Malik Monk, man, just watch. He's gonna be nice for this team. I'm going to quickly chime in and I, it has to be a two guard. Cause I think that's the one position on this team where not that there's a question mark, but there's probably a, a little lack of depth up front. They have like their center position established. Anthony Davis playing the four or the five LeBron playing the three or four, uh, obviously point guard, they have Rondo and Westbrook. So who's really playing that two? Like it, it comes down to who's going to end up playing the most minutes there. Uh, but I'm going to go a little off the grid too and choose uh, Horton Tucker as my X factor because he's a young player that is inevitably going to play some bench minutes and he's going to have to sub in for some of these old guys when they go on their Denny's uh, early bird breakfast. So um, I'm, I'm going to choose him because I think he's going to get probably somewhere between 25 minutes a game, 25-ish, 26 minutes a game. And uh, he's probably going to be expected to be one of the key offensive players um in those 25 minutes so uh, i'm gonna pick him as the x factor because they need some youth like you can't expect the team average age of like 58 to uh to be playing 82 games a season all right i'll be the boring obvious one is westbrook it's obviously westbrook because lebron has already said that he's gonna hand the keys to westbrook and let him do his thing instead of you know having westbrook adjust to him which i don't think is gonna last very long but I think ultimately that's going to be the X factor, right? If Westbrook can actually be the third guy instead of always trying to be the first guy. Um, but I like the discussion about the young guys and who's going to ultimately play for them when it matters. Because like you said, I don't think you can rely on Wayne Ellington to be the starting two guard in a playoff series. So ultimately, even if he is, like he's not going to play a lot of minutes. So somebody's going to have to take the reins and be that guy in crunch time that plays and who knows if Ariza's body actually lasts throughout the course of the playoffs, so they might actually need another guy in the wing too. So I think that discussion comes down to like, you know, Kendrick Nunn versus Malik Monk as of right now, before the Lakers make a move anyway. And I like Monk as well. I think Monk is going to be the new J.R. Smith of the team, where he just comes off the bench in the playoffs a couple of games and he hits like five to seven threes and surprises a lot of people. And he's going to have a pretty easy role this year with, you know, catching... LeBron's passes in rhythm and being able just to make shots instead of being a guy that comes off screens and takes these ridiculous looks that he was in the first three years of his career. I love how you said catching LeBron's passes and not Westbrook's passes because uh, we know <laughs> we know what happens there. But uh, a question for you guys. Do you think Monk is a better fit for this team than Caldwell Pope? Uh, no. No. Definitely not. KCP, KCP was... played defense, man. Yeah, and he was their third best player on the championship team, right? So it's hard to say that. I mean, KCP did prove something. I wasn't a big fan of his before that. I'm still not, but he's <laughs> he's a really good role player. Malik Monk hasn't proven anything yet, even though I like watching him play. Yeah, I agree. Can we move on to the other team in LA who's recently, you know, talked about their new stadium coming up, their big bathrooms and 
whatever they're going to do in Inglewood. The Los Angeles Clippers, Raj, have brought back your favorite player, Eric Bledsoe, to the team. Is he your X-Factor this year? Hell no. Do you think he's going to take over for the real Reggie Jackson? <laughs> no, he's starting with him. Yep. Side by side. Even better. Well, only until Kawhi maybe comes back at the end of this year. Um, but uh, I'm going to say Reggie Jackson has to be uh, the X factor. Obviously, he played lights out, like actually out of this world. I don't even think Reggie Jackson thought he could play that well. Um, and uh, he he played really well. If he continues that, this team uh, can put together maybe a, a playoff-worthy regular season, uh, maybe get one of the top six seeds in the West. Um, but if he does it, I think this team is very limited by their overall just roster construction. Yeah, he's a good pick, but ultimately I'm going to pick Terrence Mann. I think by game 10, maybe, he's going to be starting at the two-guard spot. I'm still surprised that Eric Bledsoe is somehow able to continue to find teams to get traded to where he's actually starting. <laughs> so I think this is going to be the last stop for him where he's actually, you know, a starter. And uh, I really like Terrence Mann. I think that he eventually is going to be one of the better two guards in the NBA. I think he's taken like the, I keep comparing him to Jimmy Butler, but I think he is taking the Jimmy Butler route where he starts his career very slow as like an energy guy who plays really good defense. And I think last year in the playoffs was his coming out party and he's only going to improve from here. Yeah. But you know, you can't have Rudy Gobert covering you every game. You can't just blow by your defender all the time, you know? Yeah, but he played well before that, too, in the first round. He had his moments, and then Ty Lue was like, he's the master of adjustments, obviously. So he was just throwing everything at the wall, bringing in every single player who was on the bench. Like, Luke Kennard played some minutes. Sometimes he didn't. But I think Terrence Mann's <laughs> going to separate himself from the group this year. Uh, shouts to Luke Kennard. He got the bag and then just chilled in L.A. My man hasn't done a damn thing since he got there, but he's getting paid. Uh, Any... Any hope that Serge Ibaka ever comes back uh, healthy for this team? Or is he just... Is it just over? He's in a a, uh, a contract year this year. I really hope Mafuzi is not done. But, you know, back injuries are nothing to mess with. And it sounds like he's not going to be ready by the start of the season. And the Clippers haven't been the greatest in terms of updating their, uh, you know, their injury list. So I think it's more serious than what they entail. I mean, with him being out, what, the last six to eight months or so now and then still not back mm-hmm. for the start of the regular season that's not a good sign i mean raj it's actually a miracle that at 45 he's still playing on an nba roster but back injuries are no joke for old players like this you know yeah questionable 45 it could be like uh 48 49 too so <laughs> I mean, that's getting up in age yeah there you go at least he's got a job to fall back on when he's retired he seems like a very good chef I was going to say being a YouTube star. Yeah, why not? Yeah, they get paid. I don't blame them. All right, let's 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 take it to the next team, guys. Let's go to Houston. A, a team with, uh, you know, who's already said that they're going to sit John Wall for the year and look to trade him. A team that still has Eric Gordon on the roster for some weird reason. They brought in DJ Augustine and Avery Bradley. This team is all over the place. What the hell is going on here? I don't even know who my X Factor would be. Because you want to say one of the young guys like Jalen Green, right? But, I mean, he should be the star of this team. He shouldn't be an X-Factor, right? Kevin Porter Jr.? Finally got his way out of Cleveland last year? Dropped 50 in a game? I mean, logically, he would be the guy, I think. I'm not really sure. But I'm going to go with uh, 
Kevin Porter Jr. for this one. Yeah, it definitely has to be Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, he has a fresh start. He has an opportunity to play 35 minutes a game. Um, and I, I think this is going to be one of those moves that obviously Cleveland was having issues with him in the locker room and off the court as well. But uh, he's going to, I think, turn out to be a good player um, on the court. And um, I think overall this team is pretty much in the same position as OKC, except they really don't have a plan going forward and they have no draft picks. Um, so we'll, they have some picks from the Harden trade, but again, uh, they're a few years behind OKC. Yeah. And those picks are down the road as well. So, I mean, they have a lot of young players on this team. I think their entire team is almost made up of young players besides like Tice and a few other guys and Eric Gordon, of course. But, um, I also agree it's going to be KPJ. Uh, he hasn't really, from what I've learned from about him, like he hasn't really ever played point guard consistently over the course of a season. He's always been a two guard. So he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot this year, bringing up the ball. So it's going to be a whole new learning experience for him. Sort of reminds me of like what the Bulls did with, uh, Zach Levine. Um, actually not the Bulls, um, Minnesota, when uh, they just put the ball in his hands and they just said, go learn. So I think that's going to be, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. this year. He's going to have a lot of turnovers. He's going to miss a lot of shots, but he's very talented. And both of those guys in the backcourt are going to be chucking this year. It's going to be fun to watch in spurts. In spurts. I like the way you put it. You can't watch this, te- this team every day. That'd be a bad idea. Bad Spurtability is what I like to call it. <laughs> bad for your health. There you go. All right, let's move on to the... Fully vaccinated Golden State Warriors, guys. Andrew Wiggins has come out and said, well, he didn't say it. The team said that he got his first shot. So it looks like Andrew Wiggins can play home games this year. That'll be nice. Uh, Josh, who do you have as your Warriors X Factor? I mean, before the vaccination, it was definitely Andrew Wiggins. (laughs) (laughs) Now, though, um, I mean, the obvious choice is Clay Thompson. You know, if he actually comes back and he's somewhat healthy going into the playoffs, it gives Golden State a little bit of a chance if they are able to make some roster moves around the edges and get some guys they can sort of rely on um, off the bench come playoff time. But, uh, yeah, I think it has to be Clay Thompson and how healthy he comes back, when he comes back, and how much they play him throughout the course of the regular season, too. So I'm going to go with Clay. For me, it's still... Andrew Wiggins, like, are they able to trade him? Are they able to make him play a position where once Clay does come back and hopefully comes back playing at at least a good level that uh, we know Clay can play at, um, it can he fit into that role that Harrison Barnes had when they had their first championship run? Um, and seeing if he can fit in that role is huge because right now I think the other positions are quite solidified. I think the three um, for them, obviously Iguodala's back, but I don't think you can expect him to carry the load. He might end up playing a lot more of the crunch minutes, Um, but who really plays the three besides Wiggins for this team? Otto Porter, Mr. Five threes in his first game. Looking good. Yeah. So does he replace Wiggins? I don't think Wiggins is going to get traded. Unless they make a big move, like, you know, trade for Ben Simmons, for example. Yeah, that ain't happening. Yeah. None of that is happening. I, I don't see that. But I think Wiggins will end up playing the two um, for until 
Thompson comes back. Nah, you're wrong on that one. Jordan Poole is playing the two, my man. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Jordan Poole's going to take a step up this year, too. I'm not sure we, if you saw what he did in his first game, but he had, he had 30 points in his first game. There's no way he's not starting. They, they also have uh, Fred Van Vliet's protege, Chris Chioza, on this team. <laughs> so, you know, there's, a, there's some guard depth. Langston Galloway is here. Nemanja Bialica. Remember how hyped we were when he signed with Miami last year and then didn't do anything? That was I fun. didn't give him a chance. <laughs> he like was also Belly. the guy who he told Wiggins to go get his shots as he was as they were like rotating positions on the at the table during media day. So that was cool. That's probably his biggest <laughs> contribution to the team for the year. <laughs> yeah, it's a great I'm assist. over this team. How far do you like? Just quickly, how far do you think this team goes? Because like, there's a lot of hype. But, like, people are saying that they're a, a title contender. I don't see a title contention in this. They have the right players around staff now. Like, they have better players than they did in the last two years, and um, they filled up a lot of their gaps. Um, like, especially in the front court. Um, if Clay comes back and can play at Clay's level before the injury, they have a, a chance to push for the NBA Western Conference Finals. Absolutely. But that's a big if. Like, I don't expect them to come back and average like 25 points a game on like 40, 40 to 42% from three. Like, that's a big ask. I'm much lower on this team. There's, like we said before, way too much spurtability with them. Like, we don't really know where they're going with their young guys either and how much they're going to play them throughout the course of the season. And they don't have enough good veteran depth right now to make it that far in the playoffs, so... If they make a a bigger trade and they trade at least two of these young guys with Wiggins and get like a really good starter back and then maybe make a move around the edges and bring another veteran off the bench, then maybe. But as of right now, how they're constructed, there's way too many young guys that should be playing minutes based on the talent that they have in their bench anyway. And you can't rely on young guys in the playoffs. So right now they're first round and out if they make the playoffs. Yeah, I think... First, second round is like as if Steph just catches pure fire in the first round kind of thing. Like, I, I don't even see second round. Okay, I'm glad I'm not alone on this. Way too many variables. Like Clay, he may not come back healthy. And again, you have way too many young guys in the rotation. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the reigning MVP guys in Denver. New, the new baby daddy himself, Nikola Jokic. And the Denver Nuggets come into the season without Jamal Murray, who's recovering from an ACL tear. That sounds accurate. Uh, they bring in Uncle Jeff Green. That's that's literally their biggest move of the offseason is Jeff Green on this team. So obviously a lot of uh, internal development behind Michael Porter Jr. and hopefully Aaron Gordon. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just say MPJ should be the X factor, right? Like It really depends on how much he grows this year. How much, firstly, how much uh, he's allowed to play. You know, can't can't forget that he's one of the non-vax players in the league. But, you know, how, how developed is his game? Does he become a better defender? Is he a, a slightly better facilitator? We all know the guy can shoot the lights out when, like if you give him the green light. And he always has the green light. He's one of those guys that will just stare you in the face for like five seconds while holding the rock and then just jimmy it over you. Because he's like 6'9 and has crazy elevation on his jumper. And a really high release point. That being said, if he can't play any defense or if he can't help his teammates, 
Maybe he won't be so good for Michael Porter Jr. this year, but he's got to be the guy, no matter what, especially with Jamal Murray out. He's going to be a good test case as to how many times a human being can get COVID in a span of two years, because he's already got COVID twice. So he's going to know of. (laughs) Exactly. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely max factor too. If he takes another step up and he's averaging 25 to 30 points a game, his defense improved last year. It's not quite average yet, but if he can get to average and, you know, still shoot the ball the way he did last year, like he was one of the most efficient players in the NBA last year. And his jumper is so smooth too. Rebounds the ball well. So I think Denver is still going to be in the mix for like the one to four seed. And if Jamal Murray is able to come back, you know, somewhere near the playoffs and be decent going into the playoffs, then I still like their chances to potentially win it all. Yeah, you guys are cheaters. You can't be choosing Michael Porter Jr. Like he's pretty much a bona fide star on this team at this point. Um, obviously he's going to have a bigger role this year and I'm not debating that, but this is not a, like a, a glue guy or someone who is like not a fringe, but like a, a starter whose impact is very, very important to this team. Like if he doesn't go, obviously they're not going anywhere. Um, so I'm going to have to choose someone else. And, uh, for me, it's probably going to be Monte Morris. Hey, um, the black Jose Calderon. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he's done an excellent job in the backup role behind Murray, but now this is probably a full year. He's going to have to run the team. Um, and his backcourt partner, is it pro- probably going to be Will Barton this year? Um, so um, it, that backcourt is going to be really important to this team. Obviously their front courts where they're going to get most of their scoring and production, but they're going to have to hold their own. So Monte Morris has to be a hell of a player this year for them to, to maintain at least the top four seed. Yeah, that's a good pick. And uh, yep. I never want to wish injury on anybody, but I'm hoping that at least one of the greens is out for a significant portion of the season. Whoa. So we can finally see Bull Bull play minutes. Whoa. <laughs> come on, man. You Again, it doesn't have to be injury, anybody. but he's not going to play otherwise. Because both Jermichael Green and Jeff Green are going to get minutes in the front court. And Bull Bull is going to be stuck behind everybody again. And every time he plays, he has like five blocks. He's hitting like pull-up jumpers that look like KD. We need to see this guy play this year. That look like KD is hilarious. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. He is nice. Uh, also, also a special shout-out to Aaron Gordon, who quietly secured his bag. Um, and honestly, he's probably the most unknown player getting his type of salary in the entire NBA. Hmm. Yeah, we have to do some research on that one. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but that's that's kind of rude, man. This guy's the defensive anchor of this team. So if you're if you can lock up Kawhi and Paul George in the same game, hey, take your twenty million because you deserve it. Yeah, and he got second in the dunk contest twice. That's true, <laughs> but that means something. Dwayne yeah, Wade robbed him, Raj. This guy's so salty about it. He changed his number to 50 for his on his jersey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love the saltiness. All right. Let's do the last team, guys, and kill this off. The Dallas Mavericks, my friends. I think we all have the same player. But uh, I'm going to give this one to Josh, man. Uh, you, you like this team way too much for me to not let you take this. So, like Memphis, the choice is obvious. But So let's not go with Porzingis this time. Who else is the X-Factor besides Porzingis? Ooh, and I think yeah. 
You want to make people think now? Yeah, why not? I mean, besides Jason Kidd and his antics, um, I'm going to go with uh, Jalen Brunson. I don't think they're probably going to extend him um, going into the season. So he's got a lot to prove. He had a really good year last year until he played in the playoffs, and then he wasn't so good. So he's going to be a big key, and if he can take a big step up, sort of like I always compare him to Fred Van Vliet, he plays a lot like him. They're around yeah. the same size. They're bulky point guards who can do a lot off the dribble, play good defense as well. So if he can be a guy that is going to be in that backcourt every single night during closing time and Jason Kidd trusts him and he's averaging 15-plus points a game, then this team could take a big step up this year. Okay, Raj, can you tell me why Kristaps Porzingis is the actual X-Factor? Because dude is making $30 million a game to be, a right now, a corner three shooter. Yeah, and uh, again... If you look at this team, who is their best three-point shooter? I mean, it's probably Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway or Reggie Bullock. Yeah, and, and again, the fact that we have to think about it means that there's a need for shooting on this team. Obviously, without Seth Curry for the last two years, I think they missed that quite a bit just to help with spacing. And Luca operates really well um, once he's inside the three-point line. He's obviously can... Uh, he's not the greatest three-point shooter, but he can make a shot. So they need someone to space the floor, and it has to be KP. Their whole vision was a big man who spaces the floor, um, who can open up a lot more angles for Luca to operate in. Um, and again, he's been a disappointment. I, I don't know if KP is going to take that next step. It really seems more of an attitude thing than a lack of ability. Um, and I don't know if that changes this year, but it, it has to for this team to take the next step up. I think with Porzingis, it's not ability, it's availability. <laughs> in the year before last, in the bubble, he was a beast, right? He was averaging, what, 23, 24 points per game against the Clippers? But for him, it's not more so the matter of offense. It's just like when he's involved... And he's able to play the kind of defense that he did with the Knicks and in a year and a bit with Dallas. That's what makes a difference. Because he's going to be starting at the four this year with Powell at the five. That's already been confirmed by Kidd. But ultimately, he's going to be playing the five in crunch time. And if he's actually able to be mobile out there and not necessarily switch on the guards, but just be a factor at the rim like he has been over the course of not the majority of his career, but maybe 60% of it. If he can be like a shot blocking factor and average more than two blocks a game like he used to and just be a guy that affects shots around the rim like he used to, then this team could be elite. I mean, that was the hope, right? That's why they gave up so much to bring him in. And I mean, at this point, Tim Hardaway Jr. has outperformed him and he was uh, a throw-in for this trade. To make he outperformed make him in one work. year. Let's relax here, okay? Yeah, but it's only been two years, Josh. <laughs> like, one out of two years is 50% of the time. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, that was good. You guys got any final points for the Western Conference? You guys, who do you, who do you like coming out of the West? Quickly, just make one, one team prediction. Denver. I like the Jazz this year. I actually think they addressed their holes. Well, Raj is out. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to go back to Phoenix and say that they're going to go back if jamal murray wasn't coming off an injury i would say denver too yeah but you're 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 thing you're thinking that chris paul is gonna have back-to-back injury-free seasons 
Bro, you think Rudy Gobert is going to be good in the playoffs? No, thank you, my friend. But they got Rudy Gay now. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> the better Rudy. <laughs> yeah. All right. I want to thank everyone for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe on iTunes. Leave us those comments. Leave us those five-star reviews. You can find us on all the other podcast platforms. I'm talking Spotify, Stitcher, whatever. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Hoops Corner Pod. And until next time, peace. Thank you.